So our text for this evening's meditation is from Judges chapter 6. These words, Please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? So our text, you may be seated. Uh, Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, during this Advent season, we have taken a few moments these last three weeks to hear once again about how the Lord is with us. The Lord is Emmanuel, God with us, and he is with us because he is God become man in Jesus Christ. As Jesus Christ, God comes to us invisibly by means of his Holy Spirit, creating faith in our hearts, and then, and then taking up residency in our hearts, making for himself a home there, keeping us company, we could say. Lo, I am with you always, is what we heard last week, and this is true. But the Old Testament figure of Gideon in our text raises a question, raises the question that many Christians have raised throughout the centuries, and that is the question of proof. Of proof. How do we know that the Lord is with us? How do we know? Now, last week we heard again how we know that the Lord is with us because of the signs he has left us, the signs of baptism and the Lord's Supper, sacred acts in which the forgiveness of sins is tied to visible, tangible Elements like water and bread and wine. Our sanctuary here gives testimony to that fact, proclaiming that God comes to us, the Lord is with us by means of the objects we have before us. An altar, a baptismal font, a lectern, a pulpit. The altar and baptismal font reminding us of the sacraments, the lectern, the place from which the very word of God is read, and the pulpit, the place from which the word of God is preached. Certainly these should be enough to remind us, not only of the fact that the Lord is with us, but how, how in fact the Lord is with us. But yet, but yet that doesn't seem to be enough for us, does it? Doesn't seem to be enough, especially when something troubling and something traumatic, something overarchingly oppressive becomes part of our lives and the question then is raised. The same question that Gideon in our text for this evening raises, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And further, where are all the Lord's wonderful deeds? Where are they that our fathers recounted for us? saying, didn't our Lord bring us up out of Egypt? Suppose a similar scenario could be played out today with a 20-something or a 30-something or a 40-something who has drifted away from the church. Life taking its toll. Credit card debt mounting. Failed relationships aplenty. Career stalled out. Alienation from family. Friends ending up not being what they were once thought to be. And when a return to the Lord is contemplated and even an attempt at a return is made, a similar frustration can be experienced. Where is the awe and mystery I experienced as a child in the Christmas program? Where is the joy in celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead on Easter? 
For the people here in this church are just a bunch of average, everyday people gathered together, going through a set of rituals in a building that hasn't changed much since I was a child. So how can they think the Lord is with them? How can I think the Lord is with them and with me? My life is in the dumps, and all that I see is nothing. Nothing wondrous, nothing amazing, nothing fabulous that I could identify as God's doing. Now, it's interesting, in Gideon's case, that having gone all in with this point of view, the Lord proceeds to show him, to show Gideon the mighty work of God in his life, in Gideon's life, by having Gideon do very much of nothing. So with 300 men, some torches, pitchers, and trumpets... Gideon watches as 120,000 Midianites flee in terror before him. Gideon and his 300 men then pursue the Midianites and win a decisive victory, ensuring peace throughout Israel. The issue, really, then, is one of faith, trusting in the Lord. Now, what we in our sin like to do is frame the situation this way. If I see something wondrous from the Lord, then I'll return to him in faith and continue to be faithful to him. But if I don't see such a sign, then I'm not going to do anything. So here we are being just like the Jews then, who also demanded from Jesus a sign. But they, like the brothers of the rich man who found himself in hell would not receive a sign, a sign even such as Lazarus rising from the dead. For signs they had a plenty in the law and the prophets, that is in the Old Testament. But even when signs were given, would they believe? Of the ten lepers who are healed by Jesus, only one returns to thank him, and that one wasn't even a Jew. No, The matter for Gideon, the matter for us, is not to look for such a sign and then believe, but to believe. And then in that belief, in that faith, such signs will be seen. I'll repeat that. The matter for us is not to look for such a sign and then believe, but to believe, and in that belief, in that faith, such signs will be seen. That is, we'll begin to see how our Lord works in our lives, in such incomprehensible and amazing ways. Think here of Gideon who was only all too ready to take on the Midianites only to see the Lord defeat the Midianites in such an incomprehensible and amazing manner with clay pots and with torches and with trumpets. It's very simply what it means when we read in Scripture, the righteous shall live by faith. So the prophet Habakkuk, but then also the apostle Paul in Romans and Galatians and Hebrews. Yes, we point to this verse and say, in it we find our justification before God, the forgiveness of sin, as through faith in Christ we're justified before our Father in heaven, our sins forgiven because we believe the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross was for our sins, for your sins, for my sins. Therefore, through faith in Christ we're made just, made righteous, made holy, but... Through faith in Christ, we also live each day. Through faith in Christ, we also live each day. 
For if in encountering the sin which still resides within us and in the times we stumble and fall, we in faith look past those sins and can cling to Christ in faith as the one who atones for them all, can we not then do the same thing when it comes to the troubles, the problems, the challenges that arise from sin in general? From the sin that we encounter every day in the world, in the people around us, in our family, and in our friends. Does it even make any sense whatsoever that our sins are forgiven through faith in Christ, but then he leaves all the troubles and problems of sin for us to deal with all by ourselves? Hardly. The just shall live by faith. Faith that sins are atoned for. Faith that affects that the effects of sin are, are confronted and are overcome, are overcome in our lives by our Father in heaven in his time and in his way and in our best interest. So often in simply unbelievable ways. Thus the question of Gideon, please, sir, please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us is answered simply by saying, it's not that the Lord is not with you. It is that you still daily live in a world that's defective, full of glitches and defects. That is, you live in a world full of sin. It is, as the psalmist put it, that is, the world, a valley which exists in the shadow of death, or in the words of Solomon, vanity. That is, pointless, pointless existence. Vanity, all is vanity. All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eyes not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done, and there's nothing new under the sun. That's kind of a bleak picture, isn't it? Almost hopeless. Like the world is a gigantic forest full of trees and underbrush, downed logs and low-hanging branches that have to be pushed back or climbed over or scrambled around. And what is faith in all of that? What is faith in Christ? Faith in Christ is a path upon which we walk through such a challenging environment following the person in front of us who knows exactly, exactly where he's going. That's what faith in Jesus Christ is. If you've ever found yourself struggling to work your way through a dense forest, thinking you know where you're going and hoping you do, but are not really that sure, if you've ever found yourself being scratched by branches, your shoes sopping wet from stepping in puddle after puddle after puddle, mosquitoes buzzing about, biting flies, and the thought of ticks looking for a good place to settle in on your skin somewhere, how wondrous, how wondrous was it when you came upon a pass? A clear path, a level path, unbelievable, really. Yes, you were still in the woods. Yes, there were still mosquitoes. But yes, you had a path. And then a ranger, a park ranger meets you and says, we've been looking for you. There you are. Follow me. I will get you to safety. That's faith. It's Christian faith. Faith in Christ, living in the brutal forest of this world, but having a way through, a way we don't know, but Christ does, so he'll guide us through. Simple, really, but really so much more, isn't it? Amen. Now may the peace which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and the life everlasting. Amen. We rise and sing our canticle.